Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Hello, and thank you for downloading the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This is a sermon called Jello. It was preached from the pulpit on February 28th of 2021. We, of course, invite you to visit our church. We're located here in 310 Randolph Road here in Kansas City, just right around there in Clay Como. Come on by and say hi and let us know you heard about our church right here on the podcast. Alrighty, but let's get going. And this, once again, is called Jello. Before we get started, let's bow in prayer. Dear Precious Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we pray that our spirits will be correct. We pray, Lord God, you help us to realize how important it is, how serious it is to be here in church that we need to have our spirits correct, our minds correct, to accept your word, that everything that happens from here on out is so vital that we will be able to hear your word, to put it into our hearts and our minds, Lord, so that we can apply it to our lives, that we will take everything else out of our mind. So, Lord God, Satan cannot intervene right now or ever again. Lord God, we pray for the Holy Spirit right now to be used. We thank you. For anyone who's at home right now watching, Lord God, I pray the Holy Spirit be used in their life too. If there be anyone who's watching, anyone here who does not know you, I pray, Lord God, that this will be the day, that this will be the moment, the hour. I pray, Lord God, that you will rebuke anything that is in the way. I pray this, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. And I do feel the power of the Holy Spirit today. I do. I truly do. Let's all now turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And you can keep it there for just a little while because we're going to go back to a couple of spots in there. 2 Corinthians and, uh, is uh, after 1 Corinthians, which I'm sure you're aware of that, but you know, I thought I would help you with that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, first seven verses. Therefore, and you can please stand on and bring this word, but you know that. I, I, I thank you. Therefore, since we have this ministry through the mercy we have received, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the secret things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by expressing the truth and commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. 
But if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden to those who are lost. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants of Je for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the excellency, excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves. God bless and honor the ring of his word, and you may be seated. That's powerful, very powerful. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for this word in which you gave to our brother Paul. Thank you, Lord God, for this. As a child, as a kid, and not just as a kid, I don't know, you may be able to tell by looking, I don't know, but as a kid, I loved Jello. I loved Jello. I really, really did. I loved Jello very, very much, and there's always room for Jello. Always room for Jello. J E L L O. You remember that little tune? I always liked that little ditty. Uh, and Jello, especially the sugar-free Jello. Jello is a low-calorie snack. I really do like Jello. I've had more than my share, and because of that, I kind of jibble like Jello from time to time. But that being said, I really like it. The title of today's sermon is J E L L O, and uh, I'm not really going to be preaching about snacks. I promise you that. Although, when you leave here today, I do have a little bit of Jello for folks. And uh, I'm going to have Brother Jeff hand that out to some folks uh, as we leave. I do have some Jello. I do. It's not Jello brand. It was just too much money. But anyway, I do have some Jello to hand out to some people. But uh, that being said, I do have some Jello to hand out to y'all. So the name of the, the sermon today is J E L L O. But going in the theme of last week, because it does go along with last week's, it, it is an acronym. Don't worry. Not every sermon from here on out is going to be an acronym which is letters spelling out into a sentence or whatnot, or meaning something, but today's is, so you'll be happy with that. But either way, uh, Jello means just emotionally living life only. Just emotionally living life only. And people do that a lot. They just emotionally live life. That's all they do. They just emotionally live life all the time. You see people do it all the time. I, I've done it. Unfortunately, there's been times I've emotionally lived life and I've allowed my emotion to control me, no matter what that emotion might be. In fact, I will tell you this, that we're going to change the acronym a couple times today. And don't worry, it's only going to be one word at a time. Only one word at a time. We're going to change what the acronym means by one word at a time. In fact, it'll be four times today that the acronym is going to change of what that means because our emotions change, do they not? Our emotions change all the time. This is why it's dangerous to only live by emotions because one minute you're up, then you're down. When you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. It sounds like a, a Barney song. It sounds like a Barney episode. I'm not a Barney fan, let me just tell you. It's why, and this is no offense to anyone wearing purple, but it's why you don't see me wearing purple because if I wore purple, you'd think I was him. I'm not him. I am not Barney. But let me tell you this. If you live only by emotions, you're in some serious trouble. You really are. Because you never know where you're going to be. You're going to be like a tornado, emotionally speaking. You don't know where you'll be. Last week, we had an acronym sermon. We spoke about agape love. Agape love is not the same as emotional love. Because agape love is spiritual love. It is God's love. And that acronym was apply God's apparent, powerful, everlasting love. 
That's a love that never goes away. You love them even when you don't like them. And I got news for you. I don't always like everybody as far as the way people behave, even myself, to be completely honest with you. But we have to love people all the time. Why? Because it's not our love, it's God's love. Amen? Amen. Some people say, oh, we don't have to like everybody. Well, they say we did. But we do have to love them because God loves them. He loved them so much he died for them. He loves them so much he's always there for them. We do have to love them. I can't do that, Pastor. I didn't say he did. God can and he does. He does. And you can too. And if you can't, that's because you're not letting God love them through you. And that's what this acronym, this truth is agape love. And if you're not, that's because you're not really using God's love. You better look into that. The love acronym was loyal, overflowing, virtuous, earnesty. To earnestly love them. We can do that too. Not us, but Christ through us. It can be done. And for those who say, I can't and I won't, it's because you don't want to. And you know what? I know it because there's times I haven't. Because I didn't want to. I was allowing my emotions to overtake me. And so we're going to look at Jello. Jello is that wonderful treat that is also wiggly and giggly if you're a kid. Wiggly and giggly, and you can't do much with it. It's even hard to eat sometimes. You've seen it on a spoon. Wiggling all over the place. You can't even hardly get in your mouth and it's trying to flop all over the place. You've seen it. You can't mold it. You say, yes, you can. They make molders for the No, you can't. You have to use double the jello, half of the, the uh, water. You've seen what they do with that. It's, it's not the same. Not the same at all. So, what is jello in this case? Just emotionally living life only. But it's going to change four times. And here's the first change. First change of this acronym. Just emotionally living love only. Yeah, we're not talking about agape love here. We're talking about the emotion of love. People a lot of times like, it's okay to love. We're supposed to love everything. Well, we hear that a lot, don't we? Love, love everything. Love everybody. Love, love, love. The problem with that is you might love all sorts of things that are ungodly. And a lot of Christians are this way. They love all sorts of ungodly things, things that God says is wrong. And this is, this is wrong. It's wrong to love things that God says is wrong. God doesn't change his way. He doesn't change his word. And if we're starting to accept things that God says is wrong, then we are wrong. Oh, but God says to love everyone. You can love them and not love the things about them. Oh, but I love my kid. My kid is living in sin. But I'm not going to call it sin because I love my child. Do you love your child more than you love God? Because that's wrong. And you're wrong for doing so, Jello. You're wrong for it. You're going by your emotions and you're not going by your spirit. And that's wrong. That is wrong. Because we're just emotionally living by love only. We're not going by the spirit. And we must be in order. We must have the agape love. But in order to have agape love, we must have our spirit. And be led by the spiritual love. But we must be in spirit first. How do we do that? How do we do that, Pastor? By putting God first. But you can't put God first unless you have God in you, which is Jesus Christ. You have to have God first in your life. In other words, you cannot have your child before the Lord. You cannot have your spouse before the Lord. Can't do it. You can't have your folks before the Lord. I can't even have you all before the Lord. I can't have it. I can't have my country or anything else before the Lord. Can't do it. God's got to come first. Can't have myself or anything else before the Lord. Can't. I won't. I won't. Can't have my emotions before the Lord. Won't do it. I won't. Now, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6 in the beginning, and we're going to turn to that, Hebrews chapter 6 here. 
In the beginning of Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about the immature Christian whose foundation is like jello. It's not real firm. It's just not. You know how it is for a baby Christian. They're not firm in their foundation. And that's to be expected. But we're not to be like that. We're not to be like that at all. No, 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 no. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to start with, chapter, with verse 9, because we don't need to go start in the beginning of that. Let's go to verse 9 through verse 12, and let's see what it says. It says, But though we speak in this manner, we are persuaded for better things for you, things that accompany salvation. For God is not unjust, so as to forget your work and labor of love that you have shown for his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and continue ministering. We desire that every one of you show the same diligence for the full assurance of hope to the end, so that you may not be lazy, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let's take a glance at that. We just read that God remembers the servants of God. And he specifically pointed that out in verse 10 when he said, for God is not unjust. He said, it is not unjust so as to forget your work and labor of love. Good labor of love. God sees your labor of love. He knows that, uh, that you have shown in his name and that you have ministered to saints. That's your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You are a saint. A Christian is a saint. And continue ministering. He sees your work. He knows what work you do. Now, I know many, many Christians, and I'm not going to name them all, but I will name a few. God has seen the work of all my brothers and sisters here in Christ. He's seen them all, every single one of you. He's seen what you've done. Brother Leon, he's seen all the work that you've done here in the church. Uh, Brother Jeff, he's seen you. Brother Chad, all of you back there, he's seen you. The teachers, the, the, the preachers, the people who've got up and done things, those who have cleaned, those who do clean. Two of you here today who clean even now, those who do things, the Lord God has seen that. He keeps a hold of what you have done for him. He knows why you do it. We'll talk more about that. But he's seen people like Ralph Shook and all the work that he did for this church. He's seen people like Riley Brown and all the stuff that he did for this church. He saw people like Helen Koontz and George Koontz and all that they did for this church. Richard Guyman and Ron Butler. He's seen Pete Zakarko and, and all, Brother George Cobb and so many, many other people, Marvin Sims. He's seen so many other people who did hard work for the church. And you might say, oh, wasn't that hard? We're talking here in the heart. And God knew that. And there's so many other people. He's seen the Billy Grahams. He's seen the other people. He's seen them all. And he knows what they did. He keeps Total that. He knows their work. He sees be the love in them and all the works, all the deeds that they did. He sees that. In fact, it says in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things of the world or in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world and its desires are passing away, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. This is what God sees. He sees when we love him and do things for him. He also sees these other things in 1 John 5, 1 through 2. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of the Father. We're talking about our fellow brothers and sisters of Christ. 
He sees this. He goes on to say, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, we keep his commandments. God sees all this. He knows this. God records it. It says in Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God knows this. God knows when we follow his will, not ours. God keeps a record of it. God knows the motives behind it too. He knows if we're doing it for ourselves. He knows if we're doing it for other people around us. God first, then others, then ourselves. And by others, I'm talking about not just the people around us like I just mentioned, but the enemies too. Even our enemies were to put before ourselves. Even our enemies. Oh, pastor, that's hard to do. I'm not talking about Satan. We talked about that before this last week I mentioned it. But I didn't get to read this to you. So I will read this. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 5, 44 through 48. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? And do not even the tax collectors do the same? Interesting as this happens to be the season I read that. But anyway, it goes on to say, and if you greet your brothers only, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore be perfect, even as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. Folks, God knows you're not perfect, but he knows Jesus Christ who is in you is. And Jesus is the one who said this. Now, yes, we're to love our enemies. This doesn't mean you're to be jello for the enemies. This doesn't mean that you're to just lay down and let them squash all over you. But this does mean you're to let Jesus Christ love them and we're to do that. Now, number two, the number two acronym that we're going to change to is this. Just emotionally living low only. In other words, living lazy. A lot of Christians do that. They live lazy. Live low. Let everyone else do the work. No spiritual work do they do at all. They're not going to grow at all either. Have you known Christians to do that? I see in churches. Boy, oh boy, I've been in church a long time, my whole life, my whole life. Do you know how many jello Christians I've seen in church? I've seen a lot of jello Christians in church, and I hate to tell you there's more than half of people in church, and I'm not talking about you necessarily, but if you look in the mirror and you see J-E-L-L-O, it's not because I'm calling you that. It's because deep down the Holy Spirit is telling you that. But the fact of the matter is, is many, many people at church, and I'm talking about the great church, the whole church, a lot of people at church won't do anything because they're jello. They're going to go lazy. Well, I'm saved by grace. I don't have to do anything to go to heaven. That's true. Isn't that beautiful? We're saved by grace and the faith of God's grace. That's true. But when you love someone, when you love someone, I'll say it one more time. When you love someone, you want to give to them. I can't imagine, I'm just going to say it because he's right there in front of me. I can't imagine my little buddy Fred here seeing him need something and say, no, I'm not going to do anything for you. I can't imagine seeing that. I wouldn't do that if he needed something or because I love him and I want to help him. When God loves us and we see something in the church or we see some little child out there that needs help, I can't imagine saying, eh. I'll think about myself. I'm not jello that way, and I know you're not either. 
I know you're not. You love the Lord, you're going to give back and you're going to serve because that is the love of the Lord that we have through the Holy Spirit. Number three of the acronym, and it goes right along with living low, living lazy, just emotionally living laughs only. Now, I know looking at me, you might think uh, you're funny looking. No, but in reality, the fact is, is nobody laughed at that, which is really bad for me because, you know, it's true. No, but in reality, the fact is, is there are people who live laughs only. And by that, I mean, they live for the fun of the moment. They do. They live for the fun of the moment. There's nothing wrong with having fun in life. But at the same time, some people live only for the moment of life. They live for only for the fun of the moment and no cares in the world. I've been guilty of this. I've been guilty of all these things to a certain point. I think all people have, if we're honest about it. Everybody can be lazy. Everybody can live just for the moment. But it's dangerous. You can't be lazy. You can't live only for the moment. You have to get up and serve God. You have to because you will pay for it. Listen to what it says here. You listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Now, I'm here to tell you, we've all been guilty of this too, I know. But there is no strength in jello. It just wiggle, wiggle, wiggles. But we need to be like wise people where there's firm in it. The wise man builds his house upon a rock. The foolish man builds his house upon the sand. The really, really, really foolish man tried to build his house upon jello. We're not to do that. Can you imagine that? No firm at all, just right through the jello. Can you imagine that? Boy, that would be horrible. We're not to be foolish. We're to build our house upon the rock of the Lord Jesus. And we're to have faithfulness. We're to be faithful and follow the Lord God. You know, when we are faithful, when we are faithful, there are temporal rewards. Temporal rewards are rewards that we receive here in our life, our life here on earth. These temporal rewards you can find in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, we just read one of these. Chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we have this ministry through the mercy we have received, we do not lose heart. In other words, we're going to be okay. We don't lose heart. But it goes on to say this, and I think it goes perfect with that verse. In verse 16, which we did not read a while ago, it says this. It says, we do not lose heart. It goes on to say in verse 16, for this reason, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, Yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Oh, folks, I know as we get older, I know our body is getting older, getting weaker. You might think, well, you're nowhere near as old as me. You might be thinking to yourself. Then again, you might be saying, yes, you are, depending on who you are. And then again, let me just tell you something. I'm a lot older than you, physically speaking. I'm a lot older than you in some areas because my knees are a lot older than my body. My head and skull is a lot older than you. It's a lot older than my body. My body is a lot older than my body. I'm speaking about all I've gone through. The doctors say that I'm like a nearly a 70-year-old man. You may not realize it, but I'm a weak, physically weak person. A lot weaker than I ought to be, physically speaking, but I am. 
But whenever I allow God to take over me, none of that's going to stop me. Because greater is he who's in me than he's of the world. And I'm not going to let that. That's 1 John 4, 4. And I'm not going to give up. Even if that means I was to leave this world this week, I'm going to leave a happy man, firm, not jello. I'm going to keep on going. Keep on keeping on. Amen. Renewed day by day. There's no need to lose heart. We're not to be like Jello. No, 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 no. We need to be like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because there's a few verses I didn't read a while ago on purpose. In between there, it says this, and this is so powerful. This is what it says in uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. Listen to this and hang on to it, because you're going to need it. Listen to what it says is verse 8 through 12. We are afflicted in every way, but not rushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. It says, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who live are constantly being handed over to the death because of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. We have great strength. We're to be firm. We're to be firm because not only do we have temporal rewards, but we also get eternal rewards. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must also appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive compensation for his deeds done through the body in accordance with that he has done. Now listen to this. Listen to this whether good or bad. A lot of times people hear the rather the good and they don't stop, they don't stop to think about the bad. In other words, you reap what you sow. Let's do the good. There's one last acronym here, one last, that goes with the jello. And this is something to think about. Just emotionally living lies only. So many people of the world do this every single day. And I can't understand it. I can't understand it. I've mentioned this to you before. When I was seven years old, and I used to lie before I was saved. Used to lie quite a bit. But I don't understand because once the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, the times I'm even tempted to lie, Satan gets a hold of me and says, excuse me, Satan gets a hold of me and says lie, and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me and says, no, don't do it. You can't do that. You've got to be truthful because the truth lives within you, which is Jesus Christ. You have to be truthful. You have to be honest. I can't understand how people, especially Christians, how they can lie and just live in it. I don't understand that. We're not to be that way. We have to be honest. We have to live. We have to be transparent. We have to be transparent. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And when people say, especially when Christians say, I can't help it, I can't help it, I, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. Not you, but he who's within you. Yes, you can. You don't have to give in to the sin. You don't have to. In Romans 12, 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil. Cleave to what is good. We don't need to live in jello. We need to live in what is solid. And we'll get to that in a minute. Remember, these are the things we've spoken about. These acronyms of jello. Just emotionally living life only. Which 
as it goes through the emotions, just emotionally living love only, just emotionally living low only, just emotionally living laughs only, just emotionally living lies only, back to just emotionally living life only. People emotionally live in their life, and it's, there's not a sin. It's not a sin to have emotions. That's not what we're saying here. But it is a sin to let your emotions control you. It is a sin to let your emotions be your God. Many people do this. It is a sin to let your emotions lie to you and you to go with it and allow that to be the love that you have before the Lord. It is a sin to be jello because you're so flippity floppity that you can't stick to the truth, the firm truth of the Lord God. It is a sin. No, we're to be firm in our spiritual life. We're to be firm in our spiritual life. We're to be firm in our love, that is to say, our agape love to everyone. We're to be firm in that. We're to be firm in our walk for the Lord. We're to be firm in our talk for the Lord. We're to be firm in these things. Not like Jello, going every which way but loose. We're not to be that way. We're to be so firm that people are going to know that when we say something, it is the truth. We're to know that the Word of God is coming out of us because we live by it. We go by it every single day. We're to know these things. You're not to be like Jello and not going to know that there's anything firm at all. It is to be the Word of God. We are to speak the truth, live the truth, and know the truth, and be of the truth every single day of our life. There are some Christians who go too far the other way. They're too hard on other people. They don't allow the agape love of God to come from them. And so therefore, they're hard-headed and hard-hearted, and people can't see that love. No, 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 no. We're not to go that hard. We're not to be like that. We're to be a mellow fellow. We're to be mellow, which is to say tender-hearted, so people can come and see the love of God. But you can be a mellow fellow and not be a jello joke. We're not to be that. A jello joke used to Satan. Because we are to represent Jesus Christ. In our spiritual life, we need to be firm enough to be molded. Firm enough to be molded, soft enough to be molded. There's an in-between, you know. You don't want to be so firm that you can't be used of Jesus. And you don't want to be so soft that all you are is mush, gentle mush. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Don't worry, we're nearly done. Listen to this now. 2 Corinthians, excuse me, I just lied to you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be bold like men and be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. See? Perfect combination. Perfect combination. Bold, fast, or firm. Same word. But done with love. You can be a mellow fellow, tender-hearted, and yet firm. How can we do this? By putting God first. Allowing the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and Lord God, that Trinity, to guide us, move us, use us. And our last... Before we go in prayer, our last scripture we're going to use is Ephesians chapter 3, 16 through 19. And this is the NIV because I like the wording. This is what it says. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts 
through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep in the love of Christ, and how to know, excuse me, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The Lord God wants to use us. He wants to mold us and make us, but he can't do such a thing if we are too hard to be molded and too soft like jello to be used. Let us put ourselves in the hands of God and let him use us the way he wants to. Not our will, but his. Let us now bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We pray right now for your will upon our lives. We pray right now for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray right now for our family and for our friends, for those who know you, for those who don't. We pray they will come to know you. And Lord, we do pray for our enemies, for all those that hate us, who want harm upon us. I pray for them right now. I pray they'll come to know you. Lord, I don't want them to go to hell, and I know you don't. Lord God, I pray that they will come to you today for those who have allowed themselves to be soft, so soft that they can't be molded. I pray, Lord God, that you will come to them and show them. For those who are too hard to be molded, I pray that you will show them today. I pray, Lord God, that every single one of us will be made aware of where we need to change. I know you've been showing me all week. I know, Lord God, that I need to be changed by you. I pray you'll continue to do so. I pray, Lord, this week, this upcoming week, you'll continue to mold me, make me, change me. It's very uncomfortable, Lord, but it's necessary. I pray you'll continue to do so. Not my will, but yours. I pray this in your holy and precious and wonderful name. Amen.